This week on Tequila Sunrise, we take a sip and have a look back at our favorite guests since August. I'll tell you what I've learned from these technology founders, investors, and visionaries, and share what you can take away too. And as a throwback, we talk about funding for supply chain tech and some cool companies taking their shot at their own Tequila Sunrise. So, listen up. It's time to wake up to Tequila Sunrise, where, without the aid of tequila, unfortunately, we open your eyes to how tech, founders, and venture investing ticks focused on supply chain tech every week at this unholy hour of the day. So if you want to know how tech startup growth and investment is done, join me every single week for another blinding Tequila Sunrise. Greg White here from Supply Chain Now. Always happy, never satisfied, willing to acknowledge reality but refusing to be bound by it. My goal is to inform, enlighten, and inspire you in your own supply chain tech journey. Subscribe to Tequila Sunrise on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. All right, this week, it's just you and me. Let's reflect on our recent discussions with founders and investors. There's so much we can take away, and I'll share with you my thoughts on what we can learn from the people we've talked to since August. Yeah, August. First, let's see what's going on in supply chain tech this week. We haven't done this for a while, but hey, look, while small deals are way, way down from last year, it seems like things are heating up at least behind the scenes, and a lot of VCs are looking for companies that are worthy of investment. I know of several companies in the process of a raise right now. Look, companies with big growth are getting big multiples, and bargain hunting still continues for those with less than astronomical growth. Overall, 288 funding rounds brought in $7.3 billion and 140 acquisitions for $62.2 billion. One of those acquisitions makes up $35 billion. AMD bought Xilinx. As for supply chain tech deals, if you wonder if this space is ripe, you might not think so after I tell you this. 11 funding rounds for just $45 million and two acquisitions for undisclosed amounts. I don't know the specifics of those acquisitions, but undisclosed often means an unimpressive amount of money considering the company's stage. So there's a free lesson for you. Hey, though not much has happened in the numbers, there have been so many supply chain funding deals this week and in the weeks since we've talked about venture deals that I'm going to share a few with you. I'm just barely scratching the surface. There are hundreds more out there waiting to be completed. Believe me, supply chain tech is in play. FAIR is now valued at $2.5 billion following a $170 million Series E. FAIR, F-A-I-R-E, is an online wholesale marketplace connecting more than 100,000 local retailers and 10,000 brands 
The investment raises the company's valuation to $2.5 billion, more than double the valuation from their round that was announced in October of 2019. Golden Colorado-based Outrider has landed $65 million in Series B funding. This company makes distribution yards much more efficient. The issues that it deals with include congestion of trucks, lost trailers, and the right trailer not getting to the right loading dock at the correct time. Has anyone ever had that happen? Hey, Coke Disruptive Technologies led the round along with participation from existing investors, including 8VC, who led the $53 million Series A prior. Here's one from Around the World, Fresh to Home raised a $121 million Series C round in what the company is saying is the largest ever Series C funding in India consumer technology. What Fresh to Home does is handles the situation in India where most of the meat sold is fresh versus frozen and managed in unhygienic conditions. The company's fresh fish and meat e-commerce marketplace aims to eliminate middlemen by enabling its sellers to source and sell high-quality meat and fish directly from livestock farmers and fishermen. The round was led by the Investment Corporation of Dubai, investment arm of the government of Dubai, several other investors, and the previous investors. So here's the lesson. Funding is plentiful. In fact, between three funds, Toma Bravo, Salesforce, and NTT, over $23 billion in new funding has come to market in just the past week. Small deals are getting done too, for those of you who are early or seed stage companies, so buck up. Obsess, a New York-based experimental e-commerce platform that enables brands to create interactive, shoppable online virtual stores and showrooms, closed a $3.4 million seed funding round, and Ware, W-A-R-E, a San Francisco, California-based technology startup deploying autonomous drones for warehouse inventory counting, closed a $2.5 million seed funding round. So there is money out there for everybody, but I'm telling you, you better be stellar right now. So let's move on to this discussion of our discussions. Since the end of August, we've done interviews with founders and investors, so I thought I'd reflect on what I've taken away from those discussions. You can listen up for yourself and share your thoughts, which I would love to hear. So far, I've talked life and leader's journey with Colton Griffin, CEO of Flourish, about their path in the cannabis industry, Ben Gordon, CEO of Cambridge Capital, rock star investor in supply chain, who shares in his story an early ass-kicking that he received and shows what a truly founder-friendly investor actually looks like. We talked to Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, CEO of Ships, who talks about her career in logistics, media, and her journey as a female founder in a male-dominated industry. Just in the last couple weeks, Jason Perez, CEO of Yards, shared his family's escape from tyranny in Cuba, their intentional leadership, and his hopeful spirit that I guarantee you will make you feel better about the world. Also, Kevin L. Jackson, CEO of GC GlobalNet, he, well, I can't tell you that because we haven't released it yet, so you better listen up. So what traits have made these founders great? 
in listening to their stories, in hearing their journeys, in talking to them before, during, and after the interview, I can tell you that there are a few things that I've seen. Some of these I've taken down and some of these I've just observed, but let me tell you, these are special people. First of all, they are fearless risk takers. And this is the greatest value that a founder, investor, or entrepreneur offers. Sure, as was famously said, you didn't build that alone, but it takes guts to start something. I'm a firm believer that the ones who take the risk deserve the rewards. If you want big rewards, you have to take big risks. And every one of these folks that we've talked to take big risks. Another trait that they have, which really is necessary for you to be a risk taker, is they are undyingly optimistic, but not to the extent of irrational exuberance. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. These leaders are obsessed. People often talk about what they're passionate about. If you watch Shark Tank or even talk to other people with businesses, they say, this was my passion. In tech, passion is not sufficient. It takes obsession. A compulsion even to see the vision through and the willingness to put many, many important things aside, including work-life balance, to see that vision through. You really have to be driven to accomplish what you're after. And what you're after, in my experience with these great leaders, is to deliver something meaningful to the marketplace. These folks are inspiring. I mean, let's face it, they're getting people to risk their livelihood when there is nothing but a vision. They had to convince a co-founder, because nobody can do this alone, to join them when there was nothing, not even so much as a spreadsheet, often an idea on the back of a napkin, and I can vouch for that personally. Thanks, Bobby, by the way. They are wise enough to get advice and yet humble enough to judiciously evaluate it for implementation. You have to recognize that not only can you not do it alone, you don't know it all alone. You need guidance. You need somebody with an external perspective. You need someone who's not buried in the business every single day. Somebody who has been there. Somebody who has seen that, got the t-shirt, done that, all of those things. Someone who can keep you in moments, in minutes, from going down a path that can waste months or weeks or millions and that is just so valuable to recognize that that advice is necessary and to surround yourself with trusted, experienced advisors. These people are introspective. Not one of them, when I've asked them the question, what do you wish you had done or known earlier, or what would you like to share with our community that could help them? Not one of them has hesitated at all. They know exactly what they would do differently. They know exactly how they would change things. They know exactly, frankly, what their strengths and weaknesses are. They're many too humble to mention their strengths, but they become obvious. Every single one keenly aware of their weaknesses. And yet they don't have self-doubt. They're assured of themselves, I think because they are so introspective, they feel like they are constantly eliminating those weaknesses and, again, are not too high on their strengths. So many of them have used what many would call a dysfunction as a catalyst for their success. You know that's a question I love to ask. What trait or capability or affinity or awareness or habit do you have that many might call a dysfunction? that you use to your benefit. 
And while many of them are taken aback by that, they all in their own way embrace that and recognize that they have turned something that could be perceived negatively by others into something that helps them be successful. And this is far from the last trait, but we only have so much time. And that is they are always thankful, always thankful for where they are, but never satisfied with where they are. It's critical to be appreciative of where you stand, of what you've accomplished, of who you're with, of the strengths and accomplishments that they have as well. But it's equally as important to always be seeking improvement. They are always trying to learn from both failure and success. Why? How better? How much more? Those sorts of things that continue to raise the bar for them, their people, their company, their investors, their customers, and the marketplace in general. Really, these are people who have struggled at times. Every single one of them has come through some sort of difficulty in their lives, and yet they have overcome it, and they are so insightful about it, and they have taken away what they've learned, and they have most importantly moved ahead from anything that could have crushed them. And some of them have had some really tough experiences, and yet here they are. So it is quite impressive what these people have accomplished. Look, if there's anything that the rest of us can take away from this, it is no matter what you face, you face it, you face it down, you defeat it. Hopefully, maybe it defeats you temporarily, but never, ever permanently. And to quote the great Jim Valvano, don't give up, don't ever give up. And there is not an ounce of give up in any one of these people. And in fact, Jason in his episode mentioned that, you know, if you are going to let one or three or five failures defeat you, then maybe entrepreneurship, maybe tech founder is not the role for you. In any case, whether you are a founder or you are working with a founder, you hope someday to be a founder, or you just like listening to founders. All of these things are lessons that you can use in any part of your life, no matter what your life is about. Every one of these things can be applied to your life to help you be more successful. And that's what I think is so cool about these discussions. And I have to tell you, I leave energized from every single one. You can probably tell I have this childlike fascination with, with people's journeys, with their lives, with their accomplishments, with their failures, with their philosophies and how they progress through life. So it's a real joy for me to get to work with these folks, to bring them to you, and to hopefully help you take something away from it. I have spoken to some really great people about cool companies, and I really, really enjoy it. Just real quick, let me give you a preview of some people and companies that I have my eyes on that you'll be hearing from shortly. Paul Noble, CEO at Verison. This company is making waves. They're going to grow nearly 10x this year, go through a funding round, and come out on the other side of COVID much bigger, much more powerful than they were even going into it. Cypher, uh, CEO Araz Fazy. This isn't even really a supply chain tech company, but because cyber is so important and because this company has built one of the coolest technologies I've seen, we have to hear from them. Plus, yet another story of someone who has come from a difficult situation to America and made their go. And of course, I wouldn't let you go on without 
more discussions about weed. Yeah, we're going to talk to Sarah and Phil at Growthsayer. I have to say it again, that is a super cool name. And what they are doing is they have simplified advanced forecasting and planning and replenishment in the cannabis industry. And they are using AI to improve the forecasting. It's great that this app is so smart that it makes decisions for you because if you're stoned out of your mind or just busy as hell making your customers happy, it makes that job so easy. Rhythmic. This is a Canadian bunch of mining geeks doing really cool stuff. Their CEO, Amanda Truscott, is making connections with big equipment companies, driving the vision and marketing. And there's a tremendous team dynamic with her and Chris and Kevin, who are the deep, deep mining geeks. There are a whole lot more that I would love to dig into, but I only have time for a mention right now. Automation Intelligence, Richard Trade, and the team there, Shelf Aware, Andrew Johnson. I'm sure there are a few more, and I'll get some WTF messages. We'll have to get to them another time because I'm out of time. All right, that is all you need to know about supply chain tech for this week. Don't forget to get to supplychainnow.com for more Supply Chain Now series, interviews, and events. And now we have two live streams per week. The most popular live show in supply chain. Supply Chain Buzz is every single Monday at noon Eastern time with Scott Luton and me, or maybe even somebody else. Plus, our Thursday live stream to be named later, where we will bring you (laughs) whatever the hell we want. Hey, thanks for spending your valuable time with me. And remember, acknowledge reality, but never be bound by it.